right, it's time for another group chat. Everyone say hello. 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 So here we have John Rundle, Don DeHart, Robin DeHart, Fran Lero, Joanne Lero, Beth Bailey, Rudy Bailey, Helen Melnick, Dave Aubrey, Adrian Peterson, Mike Osborne, Howard Nix, Tasha Nix. Awesome. And I'm Dan Lero. <laughs> I'm your host, Dan Lero. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> so we're t- back talking again about the second topic. Um, we have a few different big idea themes with a bunch of questions underneath. Last time we talked a lot about the form and pattern of prayers. So if you didn't listen to that one, uh, lots of great stuff in that one. So I encourage you to go back and find that. Uh, tonight, focusing on the content of prayer. So these are a lot of questions that were submitted um, by you all in our prayer survey. Uh, a lot of questions about the content of prayer. What should we actually be praying for? What should we be saying? What should we be thinking? What should we be doing? And so uh, the first question that we're going to tackle is really talking about the approach to prayer. So talk about the role that guilt plays in hindering moments or patterns of prayer. And I think what's going on behind there is we we're talking about it. Sometimes you're aware of your sin, and it doesn't necessarily, you just don't really think no matter what you say that God will hear you. You know, maybe I feel too guilty to come to him. So how can we, uh, how can we address this? Yeah, I think the, um, it's, I think obviously the question came in, so it's fairly common from folks. Um, I think a couple of ways this works is one is like, I know I'm not really honoring the Lord with a clear command. Something happened. I know I'm in the wrong. And I actually don't know if I'm ready to fix it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it is going to hinder your prayers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's nothing I'm going to say here or anyone else in the circle here would say like, oh, well, that's okay. And, you know, like Peter talks about husbands and wives, for instance, dwelling together in harmony so that their prayers aren't hindered. And so, you know, I, I think the beauty of Jesus and our relationship with him is that he's patient with us as we're trying mm-hmm. to work through whatever might be mm-hmm. hindering our prayers at the moment. Um, on the flip side, though, you know, I tell my family a lot, it's like when I least feel like I I can pray is like when I need to pray. Like, that's the way that kind of works. And there's so many instances in the Gospels, especially when you look at Jesus. Again, we only know who God, I shouldn't say we only, but the primary and clearest way we know who God is is through the person of Jesus. And when you look at the narratives of the number of people that came to him who were guilty, Mm -hmm. but ready to deal. You know what I mean by ready to deal? Like, they were ready to deal with whatever the... The, the sin was, then uh, that sin wasn't an obstacle for Jesus. So I, you know, or sickness, you know, I think of the woman with the issue of blood. She came, she was unclean, and she just, you know, she was a little shy about it. She got in there. I think of the parable of the prodigal son. And when he came to his senses, he came back to the father, and, you know, he had this whole speech, you know, whatever. And the father's like, I'm not hearing that speech. Give him the ring, give him the robe. And so I think there's two different things we're maybe talking about with guilt there. One is, got this lingering sense of guilt and it's right because there is and I'm not talking I'm talking about clear obvious things where you're disobeying commands of Jesus 
Um, you know, you do need to confess those things to the Lord uh, for sure. And then you will feel that closeness. You step into the light and you'll feel the warmth of it. Um, on the other hand, if there's kind of like a shame that you're carrying, then I think the, the you know, Dave talked about the Sunday from James 4, draw near to God. Mm-hmm. Don't. There's no reason your guilt should stand in your way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Anyone else deal with that and how to get through feeling guilty and continuing to pray? Okay, so um, what caught my eye there is selfishness. I'm thinking of in James where it says you have not because you ask not. You ask, you don't receive because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. I wonder if Christians ever get into a situation in their prayer life where they're not really asking in God's will, whether it be sanctification, the salvation of a neighbor, victory over sin, but a lot of their prayer life consists on asking for things. They fall into this rut. Like, help me, you know, meet my needs, or I get a promotion, or I meet my obligations, or or something anywhere along those lines where it seems that a lot of the ask is in material things. They get in a rut like this, and especially if they're not being purposeful about the kingdom of God. Your life begins to turn more and more secular, and your prayer life can turn that way too. Mm-hmm. And that can turn into a more selfish type of prayer, where if you, if you take their prayers and dissect them over the last month, most of them is asking for things and very little about the kingdom of God, his will, their sanctification. And like I was saying, maybe the salvation of somebody, victory over sin, anything along the ways to glorify their Lord and Savior, ways to lift up his name, ways to live in such a way that Jesus is seen. Mm-hmm. Right. You, I mean, yeah. it's not wrong to pray for things. But when that starts to become the mainstay of our prayers, then I think there's I think there's a problem. Amen. I think the only thing I would add to that is guilt. Guilt is a trap. Mm-hmm. It really is. And for a believer, not un- but for un- for a believer, you got to remember you getting saved was because you're guilt. You you acknowledge that you have sin. And the cross, it was confession. There's freedom in confession. Mm-hmm. It's grace is unlimited. So don't let the, your guilt imprison you and keep you from clear communication with the Father. Mm-hmm. There's open doors to that. So come, confess. That's the C in Acts. We talked about that last mm-hmm. meeting. Confess, freedom, pray. If you're having a hard time with it, get a brother or sister. And maybe they can help you through that and come alongside with you. And that's all I say to that. Guilt is truly a prison. It's a trap. It's a trick of the enemy. Mm-hmm. I will definitely say that. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking from observation. This is experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a cycle. So mm-hmm. break out of the cycle through your confession. Your mm-hmm. confession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, we definitely have passages in Scripture that are like, Satan being the accuser of the brethren. Mm-hmm. Romans 8, who will bring a charge against God's elect. There's definitely conscience and spiritual forces that would bring like illegitimate guilt and like you said it's a prison that you can you don't even need a key to get out of jesus Mm -hmm. has already unlocked the door you need to walk through it with confession amen Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it seems like this is really a question about what I think about God, not as much as what I think about prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, and so mm-hmm. we talk about you know knowing that you're right with God, and that opens up the communication. Mm-hmm. And so if 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 I'm feeling like I'm too guilty to come to God, then you know, I'm not really talking about prayer as much as I'm talking about well, how do I even view myself before mm-hmm. before the Lord. And so the encouragement to break free from that is is really great. What else on that one? Any other ideas? Consistency. Yeah, I think people get away, yeah. right? So you stop praying for whatever reason. It kind of ties back to the last discussion. So you you get out of that practice of praying, and then there's this moment in your life where you're like, well, I haven't prayed in X, right? Weeks maybe, months maybe. And then you feel like you maybe don't have the place to go back and start. Mm-hmm. And I'll just go back to what Howard had said, like, you just got to show up, right? It's like when you don't go to the gym for a long time, right? You, the best time to go to the gym is today. The best time to start praying again mm-hmm. is today. But I think people get, and it's that lie from the from the enemy that says, you haven't talked to him in months. What makes you think he's listening now? Mm-hmm. And then what Mike said, but Christ is so patient. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, I've i been waiting for you to come mm-hmm. and start the conversation again. Mm-hmm. But I do think that is, I've had that again. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of this is experiential too, where you have these, People call them deserts and they call them dry spells and all these different euphemisms. But really, it's just broken communication with God at that point, And you just got to get back and do it. But the lie is that he's not going to listen now. Yeah. yeah. Our Father in Heaven is not the same as like our boss or broken friendship. Right. Or, you know, I, I got angry with my spouse and it's like, uh, you know, those, those times where you have a broken relationship and you feel guilty about it and you know the only way to like make it right again is to deal with it and approach them but it's like awkward you're guilty it's you, know, you don't know how you're going to be received and so you can actually withdraw i mean that's that's how you withdraw from relationships and that's how things can become distant and there's a fear component there or maybe a pride component there um and we can get glimpses of the father's love through compassionate friends and spouses. And I mean, we're supposed to be long suffering and basically show people what our father in heaven is like, but the Lord is perfect in that. And he welcomes people to come back from the wandering. He actually goes after them. Mm -hmm. And so just knowing the difference between how we've been received in, in hardship and when we've sinned on this earth with people, being able to separate that from actually the father's love is super important. He doesn't deal with me in Christ according to my sin. He deals with me with love and patience and kindness and mercy. Yeah, I mean, he comes after us. You think of Revelation 3.20 where the church of Laodicea, which is lukewarm, you know, it's pretty strong language, you know, that, you know, and yet to that church, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Mm-hmm. Like he is coming after you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In your, you, I think people with John, they describe themselves as lukewarm. Right. Like when I'm distant and I'm in the oh, yeah. wilderness or whatever, I'm, I'm not passionate. Yeah. Those type of Christians, Jesus is, he's not just like folded arms standing mm-hmm. off in the corner. He's coming after you. Mm-hmm. Will you open the door? You know, right. so. How many times do people come to that crossroad 
and it's typically when there's like either a tragedy or a big thing in your life. Maybe you haven't been praying for a long time, and then all of a sudden you you realize I need to pray. But mm-hmm. wow, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of feel that uh, now I'm just coming to him because I have a big thing mm-hmm. going on in my life, and he still wants you. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, he right. still wants you, even if that's why you're coming. Mm-hmm. But it's a good jump start. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times. People kind of come to that crossroad, and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. They don't do it because they do feel so, so guilty. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think God's already, always mm-hmm. ready to take us back. Mm-hmm. Or if there's too much guilt, um, it's okay to plug to ask someone to pray for you. Mm-hmm. You may need somebody to intercede mm-hmm. for you. You may need mm-hmm. to confess mm-hmm. to someone. I I can't mm-hmm. pray. I'm in it, or I'm in sin. I'm in. You could be in bondage. You could be in. Something that you just don't know how to come out of, and you have people that can pray for mm-hmm. you to help you mm-hmm. come out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. He's he's shown his love for you at your worst already. Yes. I mean, that's what conversion was. <laughs> and so, I mean, what freedom we have then if the Lord has loved me at my worst. Mm-hmm. How much more will He love me now that I am His child and His mm-hmm. Holy Spirit is doing work in me, even if I've been wandering or mm-hmm. struggling or mm-hmm. in a period of rebellion or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. He's already loved you at your worst. Mm-hmm. There's another question that kind of um, comes out of that as well. You know, maybe I feel guilty because I haven't gone to God in prayer for a long time. This question is, you know, is it okay to bring requests to God if we lack gratitude for what he's already given us? So, you know, maybe someone in that scenario is saying, well, I have a real need right now, and I really want to bring this to the Lord, but I also have brought him things in the past that he's provided, and I I remember that I haven't said thank you, you know? And so um, how would you encourage how would you encourage that person as well? Is it okay to bring requests to God if we lack gratitude for what he's already given? It's kind of a, comp- it's kind of, it's kind of a complicated short question. There's a lot of things I think you can pick out in there. simple because... If you know that you lack gratitude for the things he's given, then that's an opportunity to confess yeah, that you lack gratitude mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to repent mm-hmm. <laughs> and to give thanks. And, uh, yeah, I think yeah, it's, yeah, it's complicated yet simple. Mm-hmm. And we make it too complicated. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You take care of that quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. the Lord. Yeah. yeah. It's not too late. I think of the ten lepers. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I always think, you know, what if Jesus unhealed the other nine? Isn't that great? That shows you the graciousness of Jesus. They all went on their way. Only one came back. It's not like he unhealed them. He's like they still were healed of their leprosy. And so, you know, I, you know, to your point, Dave, there's, we certainly don't want to abuse the grace of Jesus, but he is unlike anyone right. you have yes. ever met. Right. Mm-hmm. Even in our own, right? My kids have not thanked me for a lot of things. Abby, they Sam. might listen to this. Yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, now here's my time. Uh, yeah. But I've been willing to, to give to them more over and over and over. Mm, yeah. and, and if I'm right, if we're doing that, then our Father in Heaven wow. is yeah. ready to give so much more. I agree. Like, it is a it is a call though, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm not very grateful. I should probably go to mm-hmm. God about that. Yeah. But at the same time, you know that He is willing to mm-hmm. to give. He wants to 
to grow us. It actually, when Pastor Dave was talking about how our relationships can be examples of, you know, forgiveness, and when we realize our guilt, tying into this, like, being grateful for something, we, one of the reasons why we might not ask or we might feel guilty is because maybe we do realize that we're, we haven't been grateful or we haven't forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we, or we've had those relationships, those experiences where we've poured out ourselves and, you know, have been taken advantage of in one way or another or, or seen negative examples along those lines. And so those can sort of influence the way that we think about our relationship with God the Father. And it can be difficult sometimes in those situations to remember that God loves us perfectly, that we can come to him, that he wants us to come to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And like to your example of kids not saying thank you, that doesn't stop. I mean, my kids are a little bit younger than yours, John. And uh, you, we know that doesn't stop them from coming again. <laughs> Even if you're like, say thank you, and they're like, thank you, and then they come right back. Yeah. You know, they still get me. dinner, right? Yeah, they still get <laughs> dinner. They yeah. dinner for all right, years, but so. but there might be people who have not received forgiveness, yes, or have not given forgiveness, and that can be uh, a weight on them. It can kind of slow them from seeking and from gratitude and from you know and feeling that guilt. Yeah, I think, too, the, you know, the multi-layered grace of God that we can't understand. So what he knows and what we end up experiencing is when we praise him, when we find ways to thank him in the midst of difficult situations, um, even in the deepest trials, we have hope. Then we are in prayer and somehow we can pray in faith mm-hmm. because our gratitude, it's like incense mm-hmm. to him, right? It's praise. Mm-hmm. And it does something in us. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows that as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's really about, like you said, like what's the next step I'm going to take? I'm going to try to find, and, and I won't have to look very far mm-hmm. for things to praise and thank mm-hmm. the Lord for, his presence in my life, his salvation, yeah. his forgiveness, and everything that we've talked about. Yeah, if gratitude is absent from your prayers, then your 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 vision towards your circumstances is probably blurry. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe you don't even need the request you think you're about to ask, and what you actually need is just to give thanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my questions there too. I don't I don't know who asked it, and I don't know what the context is specifically for their question. But if I don't have gratitude for things that the Lord has already given me, is it okay for me to bring a request? One of my thoughts is, well, what's the requ- what's the request? Is it what Jesus says you need? Like, does it fall under the bread, forgiveness, deliverance thing? Mm-hmm. Or is there something above? And we talked a little bit earlier about the last in the sermon, last sermon. Plus, like, is what Jesus says I need enough for me? Am mm-hmm. I content with that? Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, to your point, Robin, gratitude is recalibrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, it gives me perspective. Mm-hmm. If I'm bringing a request, it's because I think I have a need. I need something else. And giving thanks is actually what will fuel contentment. Uh, So there's just a refocus, I think, that's necessary there. The fact that this person knows they're ungrateful 
It could be God's kindness and the Holy Spirit right. prompting him right. to move toward an attitude of gratefulness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, people could be ungrateful, like to your point, you talk about your kids. You know, they, they maybe don't thank you and then come in and it doesn't stop them from asking for something else again and again and again. And they're just going along their way. They're just living life and not even really realizing that they're being ungrateful right. unless you bring it up to them. In fact, this person knows it indicates the Lord's kindness and maybe the Holy Spirit is giving that person a nudge. Mm -hmm. yeah. to becoming a grateful Christian. Yeah. Let's jump to the next one, which is something that I know we Can all... Can I say one more thing about that? Yes. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Granted. If your request is something you need, as Jesus defines the need, it is God's desire to give it to you. Some in some ways, whether you're thankful or not, like if mm -hmm. you're a child and belong to Him, I mean that's the testimony of all of God's gifts. Basically, just we're not thankful enough if we are mm -hmm. thankful, mm -hmm. and that's what I love about the Lord's Prayer. It one of the ways that our Father in Heaven is magnified and hallowed, and that His kingdom comes and will is done, is by Him providing our needs. He tells us to ask Him for these things, and so going in, like yeah, if you're lacking gratitude, don't let that be a hindrance. Mm -hmm. Give yeah. thanks for sure, and then especially if that request is what Jesus says you need, bring that to him with confidence. Mm -hmm. um, he's not he's not bothered mm -hmm. by those requests. Mm -hmm. There is the Isaiah one thing, you know, where they're raising hands and they're calling out in worship, and he's, you know, the, it says the Lord like is covering his ears mm -hmm. and he turns his face away because there's blood on their hands, and that's mm -hmm. the whole. But but even then it says, "Come, let us reason together." Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. For though your sins are like scarlet, they should be white as snow. So even there, like if the prayers are, are hindered because of sin, and you know a lack of gratitude can certainly be sin, mm -hmm. there is, the Lord says, let's work it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Come, let's work it out. Confess that sin. Mm -hmm. Give thanks. You'll be washed white as snow. And like there's a, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. Gratitude. I'm, I'm glad they talked about gratitude. It's the ultimate win-win. Yeah. Um, that's what Robin said. You know, like God tells us to praise him. C.S. Lewis said at first when he was an unbeliever, Sounded like a, he said, like an old man or an old woman looking for praise. Mm -hmm. But then when he realized that the whole world is filled, people love to praise what they love. Right. Mm -hmm. If you told mm -hmm. Ellen that she couldn't talk about Audrey, <laughs> she would lose the delight. She would lose the part of the joy of her new grandbaby. Audrey mm -hmm. is the joy of sharing the news mm -hmm. and rejoicing in that. And so That's for great. us to praise God That's is good. part of the joy. Yeah. He yeah. gets the honor. We get the joy. It's like a win-win. And so we're really... You know, I hear you know, there's a lot of talk about getting win-win situations in your life. You want all your situations to be win-win. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, gratitude's the ultimate win-win. Mm -hmm. um, and so seeking to cultivate that, even in the midst, as Robin said, really, really difficult pain. If you're not in difficult pain, it's like the whole, this is why we talk about practices. Like practice gratitude. Right. Practice mm -hmm. gratitude yeah. so that when the harder times do come, you've yeah. got this category for it. So. Yeah. yeah. Nowhere in the scriptures will you find Jesus or the Father saying, figure your stuff out first and then come to me. Your stuff is figured out with Jesus. So whatever the need is, <laughs> don't let it hinder you. Amen. And so maybe just to stay there a little bit, what are some ways to actually cultivate some thanksgiving? You know, I, I think sometimes maybe people probably feel like, well, I have a lot to be thankful for, but it's maybe generic. 
or maybe they don't really feel like they're really thankful. Mm. <laughs> or maybe they can think about that in a general category. Like, I'm sure I have a lot to be thankful for. You know, like the song, you see a lot of psalmists do this. I know, I, you know, God's great. I, not really to me, but to other people, or so I've heard. You know, so, so I've heard. Yeah, well, you know, what are some, what are some ways maybe you might feel as though you're stuck there, to cultivate a thankful heart toward the Lord. Well, I think you don't wait till you feel it. Mm. I think you you just do it in faith. Mm -hmm. um, case in point, I remember being unemployed. This was several years ago. And I was doing the opposite of gratitude. I was complaining. You know, mm -hmm. Lord, you know, uh, I, I attend church faithfully. I'm, I'm this. And you start naming your resume. You know, think of the audacity of naming your resume to the Lord. And uh, or your, your, whatever, your background, your, your, your reputation and so forth. And uh, I remember, you know, not applying for work, not getting jobs. It was, it was just a horrible time. And... Uh, I remember that year I, I, we were, I didn't have transportation and uh, the car that there's someone that gave me a car and I was I was driving that old car and I was complaining there's no air conditioning and again just the, the opposite of gratitude I pulled up next to a person who was driving a uh, uh, in a parking lot I was driving a Mercedes Benz and on the back of his license tag it said blessed so I said I'm gonna sit in here and see who, who, who owns this car he came out of the dry cleaner sure enough uh, we conversated and uh, explained a little bit of what, what was going on and, uh, you know, complimented on his car. Long story short, he said, things began to turn around in my life the moment I became thankful mm. for the little things. Mm. And he began to minister to me right there in that parking lot about gratitude. And so that very evening, I just started making up in my mind, Lord, I thank you for this hoopty. I thank <laughs> you. It doesn't have air conditioning. I just began to thank God for the practical things. Later that year, the Lord opened doors of, of, uh, of opportunity for employment. I mean, things began to turn around in my finances and just various areas of my life just by simply, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel like being thankful, mm -hmm. but I just started mm -hmm. out loud just mouthing the words, Lord, I thank you, even for the practical things, for a meal, for clothing, mm -hmm. for breathing, for ability to move across the floor, just little things. Mm -hmm. And that posture of gratitude, I believe, caused me to turn from focusing on me mm -hmm. and selfishness and self-centeredness and mm -hmm. oh me, oh my, and began to turn that to the Lord and mm -hmm. the Lord began to take over and, and it enhanced every other area of my life. Mm -hmm. So yeah. to the person who asked that question, mm -hmm. I think just start practical. Don't wait till you feel it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. That's great. There's something to be said about to the two. Uh, one one Thanksgiving will lead to another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like one. Sometimes if you if you if you ever gone for anybody ever gone for a prayer walk, mm -hmm. like you just got around the neighborhood or something, mm -hmm. and maybe you didn't even know what you were going to pray for, and you're you're thinking like, man, I don't know, I don't have enough to pray for on this whole loop. And that's happened to me before. And I had like a little three quarter mile loop in my old neighborhood. And it was an assignment for school, and so I didn't at that time. I didn't like write down a bunch of prayer requests and things like that just started walking and just simple lord thank you for this neighborhood thank you for the sunny day the ability to walk and the next thing you know is like one idea just leads to another which mm -hmm. leads to another yeah. which leads mm -hmm. to another mm -hmm. and so even on that like as you begin to cultivate that posture really like you said mm -hmm. uh it it will 
stir other things. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, you probably won't be able to stop mm -hmm. right. giving yeah. thanks. Mm -hmm. it's, it's habits, practices, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. practice. You can definitely build a practice of complaining, you know. Mm -hmm. I think we've yeah. all yeah. You know, been there and you just, you get used to doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you do if you want to pray, but you have no words to pray? You don't know what to say. Maybe you're just stuck. I feel like this is something that we all experience. Maybe we should even try like a little bit of a lightning round here. Mm. Just kind of mm. go around, you know. <laughs> like it. As you've all experienced that, just real quick, what are some practical ways in which you've maybe gotten unstuck, gotten the next sentence, the next topic, the next thing to pray for? Just fire off. A yeah, bunch just of admit it, right? Yeah. I don't even know what to pray right now. Just tell them that's that. mm -hmm. that's how I usually start mm -hmm. a lot of prayers like that. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, it's kind of what Dave said. From there, it's I don't know. He just gives it to you to say, "Oh, this. This is really at the heart of my need right now. Is this? Mm -hmm. uh, but really, it's really just starting out and admitting I have no idea. Mm -hmm. That's good. Start reading Psalm 119. Mm -hmm. Yeah, open it up and start reading Psalm 119. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in those 176 verses, you will cover everything. Mm -hmm. I say just show up. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So we know that the Lord knows everything that we will say before we say it. Mm -hmm. Even these words, mm -hmm. He already knew. He knows what we think, what we feel. What we've done, what we will do, he's a, he already knows it, and it's not necessarily—it's not about him, because he knows it. It's about us connecting to him. Mm -hmm. Like if Robin and I want to get to know each other, we just need to want to spend time together. And how do we do that? We all have relationships, and how do mm -hmm. we cultivate them? We just spend time together. Mm -hmm. but it, mm -hmm. It has to be born from the desire. So we need to desire to spend time with our Father, our Lord, our Savior. Just show up. Mm -hmm. Like John said, even if you don't know, just be with Him. Mm -hmm. He wants us to commune with Him, mm -hmm. to abide with Him, in Him. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear the word prayer... I immediately think just of communication. Prayer sometimes sounds formal and official and religious. We don't like we don't talk about our relationships like that, like it's a, a thing. We just we just talk. Just happen. <laughs> right? We just do it. And we don't even think about it. Like we don't think about how we feel necessarily. Well, sometimes you don't want to talk to people because <laughs> right? there's something there, but I mean, if you want a relationship, you just have to desire to spend time with that person. And if you're in God's presence, you know, we have these imaginations that the Lord gave us to try to envision what that might be like, and we can't. But I like to just think about what that might be like in the same room or the same space with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that helps me because it brings me to a place where he is God Almighty and I don't belong there at all. Mm -hmm. But he wants me, he wants me to tell him how I feel, mm -hmm. what I think, any questions I have. 
what I want, what I need, all of that. And when I have that picture of him, yeah, I'm praying right mm -hmm. yeah. most of the time because mm -hmm. my focus is on him. Yeah. Yeah. And I already know that he, he knows everything. So mm -hmm. that helps me mm -hmm. just yes. showing up. And mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a place. I, I speak very frequently about sanctuary, like any place could be a sanctuary, mm -hmm. right? So I have many sanctuaries, just, it, I just, that's my time with the Lord, wherever that happens to be. Mm -hmm. So that helps me when I don't have something specific. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily even know what I think or feel. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't matter. I just need to show up. Mm -hmm. So that, that'd be my advice to those folks who might have difficulty just communicating with God Almighty. Mm -hmm. And so just show up, mm -hmm. um, you know, pray the scriptures, get a picture of God through his word mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. we have an accurate picture of him. Because, you know, our view of God, our Father, is skewed mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely based on our own views of our own relationships here. Okay. So, yeah, just show up, mm -hmm. talk to him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dan said about the time where that has happened, I remember one time we just couldn't you didn't even know what to it was just so messy you didn't even know what to, to start with so I just remember like just showing up saying I don't even know where to start mm -hmm. and then just remembering that Jesus is praying for me yep. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that he was praying for me and I don't know what to pray but Jesus is praying for me mm -hmm. and just being quiet which is not yes. me and just yep. meditating that Jesus is praying for me and then slowly Mm. Being thankful for that, mm. and that just opened up. Right. But just being honest and just knowing that He's praying for me, mm -hmm. it's just. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I heard that question, very similar. I actually envision, like you're talking about, I like envision myself being just prostrate, mm -hmm. prostrate before the Lord, because sometimes you just can't even speak the words mm -hmm. and you don't know what to pray mm -hmm. and so it's really just listening and just just kneeling before my father because I know that he he knows mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. he hears and yes the Holy Spirit is speaking for me mm -hmm. right and another sister I can remember just hugging like we don't know what to pray we don't know what to pray and just staying there hugging each other and crying, but we don't know what to pray, but he does. Mm -hmm. We don't know, but he does. And then slowly, God, be, you know, mm -hmm. just being in that presence, that state of mind. Posture thing is good, Robin. Uh, sometimes I'll do that. I'll get on my knees. Um, sometimes I even feel like, to your point, Don, like the Lord pulls it out of me eventually. Like the whole kind of like, hey, you know, you mm -hmm. you know my thoughts, you know my my feelings right now better than actually I do and I kind of need you to help me process it yeah sometimes I will call a friend and have them pray for me mm -hmm. sometimes I'll sing like I'll or use somebody else's words mm -hmm. and pray mm -hmm. an old prayer from a Spurgeon or a Newton or you know what I mean mm -hmm. yeah that's great what else I think not not knowing what to say is a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, one side of a two sided conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just us 
talking and God listening, but it's God speaking mm -hmm. and us listening as well. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be silent. It's okay to not know what to say, to mm -hmm. embrace that as an opportunity for the Lord to, you know, these impressions of Scripture, mm -hmm. songs, right. some of the things that have been mentioned here. So uh, mm -hmm. don't shy away from that. Embrace that moment. It could yeah. be a very fulfilling time for the Lord to yeah. just let you pause and, and uh, you know, be open to, to what the Lord would, would have for you. Maybe he's the one making you silent. Yeah. 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 And we're often so uncomfortable with silence. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this is weird, or this is awkward. Mm -hmm. But I find safety in the knowledge that he already knows. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if I'm there, he knows I'm there because of whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. So I feel, mm -hmm. I feel safe in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so embrace the silence, really. I mean, that's what a lot of, you know, a lot of us are saying, I think, is, you know, just being quiet in the presence of God is an action. Like, it's, that is yeah. something. That's not nothing. And so, um, and I think you're right. You know, I think a lot of people are scared of the silence, you know, or maybe maybe that's a reason why you might give up on prayer or kind of get out of the presence of God. I mean, even so I can go back to our previous, you know, part of our conversation about feeling guilty. You know, you don't know necessarily what you might, you know, what might be brought to your mind or what you might feel if you just sit there quietly with the Lord, but, um, but not to be afraid of that. Anything else on that one? You can listen to prayers, too. I haven't done that before. Mm -hmm. You can listen to them. You can listen to prayers on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Abide app. There's so many times you can listen. When I couldn't sleep, sometimes I would have to just, I'm like, so we look, people turn on, we would listen to prayers or we listen to scripture mm -hmm. and just listen to it. And it just helps me kind of, okay, mm -hmm. I'm all right now. Mm -hmm. just, just maybe with anxiety mm -hmm. or something or um, listening to music. Someone sent me a song the other day, and that song just stopped me in my tracks, and mm -hmm. I was like, I got to get alone. Mm -hmm. That song, I was like, this is beautiful. And I was like, that just caused me to pray. I was like, I have to. I was in the presence. I was like, I am in the presence of the Lord just listening to this song. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to. Do whatever you got to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think sometimes you might be a little nervous about what if God might say something. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, it's like as long as I'm doing the talking, we're good. Yeah, yeah like, we're square. Um, as opposed to let every man be swift to hear and slow mm -hmm. to speak. Um, I think could probably be applied to. You know, the IOUs incline my ear. I think yeah. I think that has this idea of I'm listening. Um, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Question about the danger in performing when we pray. Um, do we need to filter or prepare our prayers before we pray? So I think there's probably an element of this where it's maybe thinking if you're praying with other people, but maybe even maybe even just by yourself with the Lord, you know, should we be thinking in terms of preparing what we're going to say or filtering our prayers or how would you how would you help people kind of get through that? 
I mean, I can almost feel the angst of the disciples. You know, who wants to pray after Jesus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, nobody. We think we have a batting glimpse. Yeah. <laughs> so they felt the performance anxiety, so to speak, and then that's why, you know, Jesus said, in this manner, say. And mm-hmm. it, you know, he made it simple. He just mm-hmm. gave a structure, kind of like you talked about, Pastor Mike, about the trellis, mm-hmm. um, and, and just mm. following, following what the Word already states. You know, there's a formula. There's not a formula, but there's a pattern of prayer that we can, we can just use that. And it's not about a performance to a certain level or a certain standard of what to say or fancy words or sophistication. It's just simple communication um, for the Lord. Now, I do think there are seasons where you might prepare a corporate prayer if it's a theme mm-hmm. or you're asked to pray for a specific event, an invocation of some, some uh, you know, formal gathering. I don't think it would be inappropriate to prepare your words or prepare your uh, different facets of your prayer. But I think by and large, prayer should just be open and simple. Mm-hmm. And spirit led. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these questions just really stem from the fact. I think people, well, I don't know who asked the question, but it's a healthy, I think there needs to be a healthy dose of just returning, remembering mm-hmm. who God is. It seems like there's, I wouldn't say disconnect, but there's a, we need to remember who we're praying to. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And remember the grace. You're feeling guilt, remember the grace. This is, he, he loves you. Mm-hmm. Performance. Remember, not only did he give us an example of how to pray, but he said, "Don't pray like." Right, right, you know, right. there's that part too. Like right. he, the Lord knows us so well; mm-hmm. it's astonishing. So it's like even then, he's like, "Hey, pray like this, and don't be like the hypocrites. Right. Don't pray like this." And we just got to remember that. And Don pointed out too, like when he and it's nothing to say he remembers and gets his alignment right, recalibration. I'm remembering who God the Father is, and I just think. That needs all these questions stem from it. Just remember who the Father is. He loves us. Mm-hmm. He gives us a plan. He, Jesus promised He'll never leave us orphans. All those promises are there, but at the same time, there is a way not to pray. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of them, some mm-hmm. pray like the hypocrites, the performance thing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to perform. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that almost goes. Now you're disobedient, right? Because right. he told you right. not to do that, right? And if you right. and if you know, if you know that you're doing it, right? Then I think that's something that we did, and it's easy to fall into, because you are in this big group, and you, right? You prayed after somebody that we talked about last time, like they, well, that's not really good, and so now, you know, I need to do X, but that is really, if it's not from the heart, if it's not right. authentic, well, now it's now you're sort of branching off into the what Howard said. Don't pray like the hypocrites, right. and don't pray like the Gentiles. Like, don't just throw words out against the wall mm-hmm. to be heard. Like, mm-hmm. we really do. And then back to what Don said: remember who you're coming in front of, and how he would have us pray, yeah. and kind of guard against that. I think it's easy to fall into, but it's you should guard against it for sure. That's why I think it's great to cur- like y'all have preached on this and encourage us. Hey, the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Try it three times later. It's yeah. just it's yeah. been recalibrated. Me, yeah. Yeah. I mean, use me as, a, as an example. Nobody has to raise their hand. Use me as an That's example. Right. I've been there. I have prayed, been asked to pray, and it's recalibrated by prayer life. It's, it's been really good. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. the difference between performing and preparing, you know. So, right. I, you know, there's some ways in which. You know, it might be really helpful to prepare. You know, even yeah. like something like praying the Lord's Prayer a couple mm-hmm. times a day, or you know, praying prayers, uh, you know, Psalms in the evening or whatever. It's like that's a plan. You know, yeah, I've got right. like a plan to pray. I remember you saying this, you know, Brother Rudy, last time. You know, you're 
got your pen, you got your notepad, like you're, you're not entering in lightly, you know, and so, but obviously you can prepare to serve somebody or you can prepare to perform in front of somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, the preparation isn't the, the enemy there, the performance. Mm-hmm. It's the hard attitude. I think somebody yeah. said last time, one of the ladies said, when they prayed in front of a large group, right, they did write down their thoughts because not all of us yeah. are used to being in front of large groups yeah. and so then your mind gets disoriented and now you are just sort of babbling yeah. and off track like I've right. been there like I've done, I've done that one and, but if you write it down you can kind of keep yourself back yeah. on mm-hmm. that's yeah. different than yeah. uh, performance that is right. that's I, for me it might be loving that I wrote it down for you guys experience <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah you're welcome yeah. I, I think too like especially if you've been a Christian a longer time I, I know there's newer Christians that are listening to this thank you for listening mm-hmm. and sometimes you know you guys people that are newer are like man I don't know if I want to pray and all the older Christians are like, please, like mm-hmm. there's just like a genuineness about mm-hmm. it. And then right. sometimes you get older in the Lord, you start to pile the stuff up. And so I have this habit sometimes of just getting before the Lord, getting quiet and saying, what do I want? Mm-hmm. Now that can be, you know, see the other sermon plus here. That is not meant selfishly. Jesus mm-hmm. actually says to people, what do you want? Like just kind of filter through like what's actually happening here. Mm-hmm. And say it very clearly to the Lord. Now, if it's ugly and sinful, I say that thing and I repent. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if it's a real need, as Pastor Dave exhorted us on Sunday, then let's get to it. And I think of the the difference between the Pharisee and the publican. And the Pharisee is just like, oh, Lord, I tithe all my stuff and I do this and I do that. Mm -hmm. And the publican, I think, prayed seven words. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Mm. and then he went home justified I also think by the way that happens with Thanksgiving to go circle way back there uh, Brother Rudy was like pray or give thanks even if you don't feel like it and I say yes and amen there's also another strategy you can use which is find the slightest thing you are thankful for (laughs) (laughs) this is what I tell my kids and I'm like all right, it's time for gratitude and you can just almost like feel the eye rolls (laughs) And then it's like they're trying to taking a beating. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they're like trying to come up with something. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, no, like just stop for a second. There is a flicker of gratitude in there. Let's identify it, and then one will lead to the next, and one will lead to the next. And so, kind of, you know, I do believe Jesus appreciates, and sometimes it takes preparation to get to that clarity. Like I've got to think, I've got to filter, like. Okay, this mm-hmm. is the thing. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a prayer request mm-hmm. or whether it's a praise. Right. There have been moments uh, in group settings where uh, I've felt the danger in the past, like of performing, like it's creeping in, like yeah. I'm getting ready to pray or say something, and I can I can like smell it a little bit, mm-hmm. and then I don't pray mm-hmm. because. <laughs> To your point, John, it's called disobedience. Like right. The Lord does not, however we said, does not want us to pray that way. Yeah. So actually, what might be good there is to, if you feel it coming on, don't pray in that moment out loud. Instead, mm-hmm. confess that to the Lord in your heart. Mm-hmm. Ask Him to purify you. Remove the desire to, like, people think well of me, or I don't want to look stupid, or what, whatever it might be. And then there's been a couple times in the same group setting where, like, I've taken care of that before the Lord. 
And then I've been like, oh, I, I feel like I have a word the Lord wants me to pray now. And it's mm-hmm. totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, and just pray it in the most simple way you can. Mm-hmm. You know, I was reading, somebody was talking about, you know, the abundance of words. And, you know, sometimes we speak so much because we just really don't want, like, we don't want to leave uh, the other person's view of us in any kind of question. <laughs> like, I've got to, like, really layer on the reasons why you should be thinking of the, me about this way and the reasons why you should think this of me. And so just, like, say that thing and let it sit there. You know? In our house, we call it land the plane. It's like, <laughs> I ask a question, I get, like, dissertation. Land the plane. I just want to know it's a right global thing. I don't need to know all the water situations. <laughs> Sometimes prayers can be like that. It's like, we're, and I'm like, Fran, land the plane. <laughs> Joanne, in my early days of being a lead pastor, there was a really good friend of mine, and he would tell me almost every single week after my sermon, you got to land the plane, but you got to land the plane, you got to land the plane. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sometimes we go on in our prayers, no. on and on, and we just, well, and, it's and like, just, to cor- just, yeah, just, just ask to tell them. Amen. In corporate prayer is supposed to be edifying, right. like mm-hmm. to others. In an arrogant uh, performing prayer sucks the life out of the room. Mm. Yeah. A simple one that is short mm. and it's honest so is inviting. Like it stirs up soul. the spirit mm. um, yes. and, and invites people to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. We had a guy up in New York during testimony time. He would always say, I'm thankful for my salvation. Without that, I'd have nothing. And sometimes you're talking about, okay, what do I, what am I thankful for? God says, don't forget where you came from. Mm-hmm. Don't forget mm-hmm. the rock from which you've been cut. Mm-hmm. Don't forget yeah. the pit that which I took you out of. And you realize, <coughs> you start there, and then God starts to bring to your remembrance everything he's done for you since mm-hmm. then. And it just, it just goes on and on. And I mean, he was very sincere about it, and but he always started that way. Mm-hmm. And it's true, without God taking us out of the pit, we have no story. Mm-hmm. It's his story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a real struggle sometimes. I, I don't know if the question was related specifically to group prayer. Mm-hmm. I feel way differently in a large setting than a small setting. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I won't pray just because I don't want to have to go through the process that happens in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to take the drive home. It's like, yeah, I, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it's just better sometimes for me personally just to not say anything. But then on the other hand, I've heard some really dynamic prayers that I would share. Like, I love when that person prays. Mm-hmm. I love to hear that. And I'm like, yeah, so I go through that like that balancing act. And I've been pretty silent recently only because... You know, I'm still trying to find a balance sometimes. And so sometimes my prayers are emotional. I'm like, hey, I don't want to share all of that again. And so it's not that I mind, you know, but it's just. Oh, he doesn't mind. So I go through that internal. It's not It's not a struggle. It's not the right word. No, that's helpful. It's like a balancing act. So the person who wrote the question used the word filter. Yeah. So that's probably what that person is going through and how that person sees that 
internal unsettledness, especially in a group setting. Mm. Um, small groups, uh, for me, completely comfortable. Yeah. I'm more comfortable. I don't really think too much about that. You know, so, yeah. Mm. So I don't know yeah. if it was related specifically Excellent. to that. So mm. for whoever wrote that, uh, you're in good company. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. Well, let's wrap it up with one last question here. And we've talked a lot about this in the previous episode of Sermon Plus. Maybe you've already listened to that. But processing the difference between a want and a need. So just some quick thoughts here in closing. How have you gone about doing that as you've recorded prayer requests over the years or as you have gone to the Lord in prayer? How have you... How have you juggled those categories of wants and needs? I was really glad for Dave's sermon because I literally, like a minute after the sermon, had a had a prayer to find my keys. <laughs> and I was like, it's fine. And a green one. <laughs> and, and a, it's fine. Uh, I did. I actually came, I came back to church and told him, like, I just had, I just went through the Lord's Prayer because I, <laughs> couldn't find my keys <laughs> so it is that was helpful thank you I this isn't I know you've done I think you've done a sermon plus on this and you certainly preached on it and I really appreciated kind of the uh, the fleshing out of um, what our needs really are out of scripture but I know over the years as I was like struggling with the things that I asked for and thought were needs um, like you know we can pray for a new job because of some I I think of one time in my life where I just felt it was time to go and it was time to move and you know people are looking for promos or you know and all that kind of thing but I at some point in time in my walk I just told the Lord, I literally just say, Lord, you know I want to leave this job. And, you know, I want to because of this. And I want to do something else. And I want to, I want, I want, I want, right? Whatever. Um, And it wasn't good and it wasn't bad. But I started saying to the Lord, but I really don't know about my motivation. (laughs) I don't know Mm. about... The, if the whys are really true, and I can't really trust myself about whether, because I knew that if I wanted to make that thing happen, I would kind of try to do it. Mm-hmm. I would do, mm-hmm. pretty much, I would do it. So I started to take this, my wants, um, to the Lord like that, and I still say it sometimes. It's like, Lord, you know what? I want in this mm-hmm. situation and that can be for loved ones to be healed yeah. right yeah. It, those kinds of prayers mm-hmm. but you know what I want but um, I'm just asking Lord that you just lead me and I'll just wait and um, I trust you mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I had to do that because I saw that I would make decisions that I felt were right so it's very mm-hmm. personal but that's kind of how I, I talk to the Lord. It's mm-hmm. like, you've shown this in me, 
you know, what I what I can do in situations. And so I'm not really trusting. So Lord, would you would you just make it move? And if it doesn't, I'll just wait. So that's an example. Yeah. It's not like really theological or anything, but <laughs> you just said the word wait. I'm so yes. glad you said the word wait. Mm-hmm. That is a huge category mm-hmm. for learning to pray that we have not touched on yet. Yes. All over the Psalms, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. Mm-hmm and do good and so mm-hmm. i think sometimes you know the we learn that we learn to ask better the older we get in the lord and this is on the other sermon plus but little kids ask for everything and then they quickly learn oh i can't ask for everything or you know and then as you get older or the kids get older it's like if you ask for that that's offensive <laughs> like you know better than to ask for that and so like that happens in the christian life for sure but i do think one of the ways that we can filter our desires the question is our wants and our needs you know, maybe things that are um, selfish passions. Again, that was excellent from mm-hmm. Pastor Dave on Sunday. Is you do pray, and then you wait, mm-hmm. yeah. and you wait, and then again seek counsel. There's other things that you can do, but I'm really glad you said wait. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think waiting, like listening, are overlooked, neglected mm-hmm. aspects of prayer yeah. that we must learn to wait on the Lord. And yet we're told to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes when I pray. And I don't know whether it's a want or a need. I can remind myself if it's a need, the Lord will provide for it. Mm-hmm. If it's a want, he may say yes, he may say no, he may say later. Mm-hmm. Right? And that, so I don't know that it's necessarily, like it would be good for me to know up front what's a want and what's a need. But I think for me, it's important that I, not knowing what my needs might be in the future, mm-hmm. I can look back and with confidence say that the Lord has provided for my needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I might want this thing, but if I don't need it and it's not good for me, you'll be okay. I'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. And I'll be better than fine. Yeah. And God won't, God in His grace won't give it to me. And that will be wonderful. And I can rest really in the peace that that gives. Mm-hmm. I think that good. ties into what I was saying about waiting. Though, yeah. like if you're not sure, and you're like, you know, Robin was confessing yes. there, I might be prone right. to make this happen right. on my own. Yeah. That's the that's the value of waiting. Yes. Yes. If you're not sure yeah. and you charge ahead and do it anyway, that may be more in the desire category than in the need category. Yeah. So waiting, I think, again, absolutely. The whole open door, closed door theology is not always helpful. Right. Mm-hmm. Because especially in America, we have the opportunity to do so many things that are not good, right things. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. We will take matters into our own hands. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think very simplistically, what's the difference between a want and a need? Well, a want is not a need. Yeah. It's it's not profound. <laughs> and you know, if you look if you look at the bread forgiveness deliverance thing, it could be said this thing this way, you know, what what do you need when you're when you're wondering is this want or need? Do I need it to live bread? Mm-hmm. Do I need it to love forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Do I need it to last and make it to the end? Deliverance. Mm-hmm. And if I don't 
it's not that the Lord may not bless me or choose, you know, right. but, mm-hmm. but I need to not, what you said, Robin, I need to not trust myself there. Mm-hmm. That the moment I come outside of needs, mm-hmm. contamination zone. Definitely. And my, my like immediate reaction should be to your guys' point, wait on the Lord, mm-hmm. test it, bring in a brother and a sister, get wise counsel, pray, Fast, seek God's face to pull it happen. You know, do I need this to live? Do I need this to love? Do I need this to last? Mm-hmm. I think what I do. Yeah. So I'm tired. I'm not patient. So <laughs> uh, you need to wait, brother. I need to wait. <laughs> I need to wait. But what helps me with that when I'm just I don't know, perplexed about prayer questions and need want, whatever. I start thinking about other brothers and sisters that I know have definite needs and like way different circumstances. Well, I just give myself out of myself like yeah. I'm not subject yeah. today in prayer I won't even pray for anything about myself at that time because obviously I'm good and I start praying for other brothers and sisters that I know are actually going mm-hmm. through stuff they have mm-hmm. needs right. I start making a prayer about them yes mm-hmm. and it, one it humbles me two I'm lifting my other brothers and sisters up in prayer yes mm-hmm. and it serves like my whole heart just changes that moment because mm-hmm. I, I just know like, although I got some circumstances, these brothers and sisters are like, yo, I don't even know how they're doing it. I'm just mm. going to keep praying mm-hmm. for them, and I lift mm-hmm. them up. And that's it. That's the prayer. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I walk away where I'm at, closet, bed, whatever, say, hey, I'll leave it there. Mm-hmm. And that, that helps me in the waiting. Good, it helps me to get out of this little perplexed, whatever thing I'm having a problem with praying. I don't know if it's a prayer, a need, want. Mm-hmm. I'm the subject matter here in the prayer. It's like, you know, exactly. all right, <laughs> let's move this out of here and let's let's get down to praying for for my brothers and sisters. That helps me. Yeah, good. Yeah. Let's you clarify, you know, if chances are if it's a need, then some everyone else needs it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if I'm thinking of this thing, it's like, well, John doesn't need it, but I need it. You know, um, but it's, it's just like a universal thing. Like, you know, do, mm. other, do I recognize this need in others, and am I compelled to, you know, to join with them? And in the waiting, the Lord helps you realize you, you may not even really necessarily, you exactly. know, at the end of the day, yeah. when, you, when you wait on Him, it's like, you know what, I got by, I, don't, I guess I really don't. <laughs> right. I want this yeah. or that. You're waiting in time is all yeah. okay. and you're yes. thankful yeah. that He didn't answer that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. We need to take advantage of that waiting time if it's so to be being transformed during mm-hmm. that waiting time. What are you yeah. doing here, Lord? Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. Dig it into the being scriptures. Present. See what he says about waiting and see what he'll say to you along the journey. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe journaling that that process mm-hmm. too. Because sometimes we we do wait on the needs. As well, or then you have that other brother and sister that comes along after you waited and you went through, and you're like, Hey, you can wait, (laughs) (laughs) and you can say from experience, You're like, I, you can, the Lord will, you know, sometimes it's just not the time, the right time. It doesn't mean it's wrong what you're asking for, Mm -hmm. right? It's just not the right time, and His timing is better than yours, Mm -hmm. right? But you can wait. He's showing you that he's good enough. Yes. Right. Comparison is an enemy in all of this. Because exactly. there's some things that I didn't have to wait for that another brother did have to wait for. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like right. some things, honestly, 
this is a little bit of a pushback on some of the need want conversation here and i'm not looking to open a can of worms but people have different needs mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. peter and john at the end of their lives john you know, was going to live longer and peter was going to get crucified upside down and peter was like hey what's going to happen to you know and he started, that to you yeah and Jesus is like hey that's not your situation mm-hmm. and so like you know Anyway, I, I think comparison is a is a deadly thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's helpful when we see each other spur each other on to love and good deeds. It's a negative thing when we start, you know, getting self centered with the comparison. Right. So, yeah. and the bottom line is because even when the needs are different for each person, Jesus knows what those needs are. Yes, right. right. And mm-hmm. so we have no business comparing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's cold, not wise. <laughs> That's a great way to end it. No, I mean, Brand landed the plate. Stop! Stop! It's landed. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we better shut it down there. Uh, thank you for participating in this conversation. Thank you for listening, and uh, we do pray that those uh, ideas and experiences. Mm-hmm. And, help you as you continue to practice prayer and pursue the Lord. So, Lord bless you.